You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I want to talk to you about what it's like to be a trainer in a small town and maybe how you can find some success in that because I feel like you know what? I just have to take a moment and do some reflection, right? So I'm having conversations with you, talking to you about what we can do to get better as personal trainers and how we can build our business. And I realize that some people are listening to this and they are truly inspired, but also in many times dismayed because, you know, I, I talk about it. I live in New York City. NASM is based out of Phoenix and one of the biggest cities in the country, New York being the biggest. I just went to Los Angeles over the weekend and uh, uh, fitness friends that I've known for years got married over the weekend. And then I see all of my fitness friends that are there and, you know, we're in a, we're in a big city. And then I went uh, with a friend of mine to a little tavern to watch the Alabama football game. Because uh, as you may also know, or may not, that I'm from a small town in Alabama. And as we're there, I meet other people cheering along, high-fiving, roll tide, ha, ha, la, la. We're all crazy giving people spies. But they're in Los Angeles. They live in the big city now. And then I think about this, right? So I'm on the flight back home. And what would it be like for me if I still lived in a small town in Alabama? And it's funny. I say that I live in a small town. I live, grew up in a place called Florence, but I moved to Florence, which is about 40, 45,000 people from Tuscumbia. And I remember when I moved to uh, Florence from Tuscumbia and the people that I moved away from said, oh, you big city slicker now. You big city boy now. And I was like, I guess. I mean, I guess so. I mean, Florence had 45,000 people in it, but that was the city. What about what about the people who are in the Tuscumbias? That, that's what I'm saying. When, you know, we talk about the biggest populations of personal training in the United States. We've got New York and Southern California. So the New York City, greater New York City area, and then Southern California, right? That entire region. Um Texas, kind of like as a state, just because there's so many big cities in and around Texas, and those big cities all have a really thriving fitness community that's around them. But what about, you know, Atlanta, another example, Chicago, big. What if you're in Atlanta? What if you live outside of Atlanta in Conyers? What is that like for people who are in Savannah? What's that like even smaller, right? You get to these small towns, and you listen to the podcast and you want to become a personal trainer. And then you're like, I don't, I don't know. Like, he's not talking to me. He's not talking to me. He's telling all the other people that live in cities where they can just go from one gym to the next and then start your own business and be your own trainer. And then you can just do that because you're in a place where you can just do that. What about me? So I put myself back there, right? Back in small town, Alabama. Florence, but even before Florence, like Tuscumbia, small town. How do you find success in those small towns? Now, I got to be honest, this is something that I've just kind of mulled over and started thinking about, but I don't know that I have all the answers. But 
Uh, and, and I'll also say that <laughs> what I'm going to say isn't limited to small towns. I think you can do these things and be successful. I mean, a lot of the things I talk about when it comes to business, you can start applying in the small towns. It just, you're limited. You're limited in what you can do and what you can provide and where you can go. But like, you can't be limited on your drive. And so let's, let's talk about this for just a little bit, right? So you want to train, you want to be a trainer in a small town. I think the first thing that you might want to consider is it's hard to do one-on-one -on -one personal training. Maybe there's not a lot of people there that can afford it or that are that interested in it. So one of the things I suggest is um, before, before I moved out of the area, I, I worked in radio. So I was an on-air personality uh, for a radio station. And, you know, aside from just playing music, like they do some live things. And I think that, you know, getting in with a local, albeit small radio station or one of those small television stations where you can position yourself as the fitness professional in the smallest town that's around. But you can be that person. And the reason why is why not? Right. Why? Why wouldn't you? Why couldn't you be that person? And I, I've always said that to myself about myself and what I want to do is, you know, I, you know, early on, I would say, why me? Why would they choose me? Why would they choose me? Why would it be me? And then I shifted the narrative because I felt more comfortable in who I am and what I did and my study and what I provided and the outcomes that I got for people. And then I'm starting thinking, why not me? Why not? In fact, like I'm a good choice for people. Why wouldn't they choose me? So can you get an outlet for people? And, and one of the things that I suggest is that maybe even personal training might be difficult for some people one-on-one -on -one for you to get the money that you feel like you really need to get in order to make a living in the small town, but also for a lot of people in a small town to provide the money for you to make. So how do we bypass that? Or how do we consider that? One of the things I suggest is group classes. Now, you can do group personal training. You don't have to be like, I really want to be a personal trainer, but I guess I'm going to have to do Zumba, right? Like, that's not what I'm saying. And you can if you have the, the tenacity for it and the skill and all that stuff. But you can do what you know as a personal trainer and teach group personal training classes. So now you've got four or five people that aren't paying what a one-on-one -on -one would pay. But if four people paid that price, it would be far more than what you would get if you just trained one person at a time. So I love the idea. Of, I actually used to train up, uh, used to have a guy that would train at my gyms, uh, a woman that still does. He used to charge $75 per person in his group class. A woman I know right now, $90 per person in her group class. You get 60 people in there. That's a lot of dollars. That's a good hour, right? It's brilliant. Can you do that in a small town? Because it's a sense of community too. Uh, it's not a big class where you get lost. It's a class where you can see everybody working. You can adjust form. You can work with people and on people and, and motivate people. And it's not a big class but it's bigger than one-on-one -on -one, and something about the group dynamics allows people to make sure that they show up for class. All right. 
I like the idea of another one um, is if you do some outdoor classes, whether they're, you know, uh, small group personal training, but like classes outside and maybe they're uh, the boot camp style class or the hit style classes or whatever's popular that you feel comfortable doing. And then getting exposure to the community where you start doing a pay what you can, which means you're basically donating your time to do a class for the community. When you donate your time to do a class for the community, and then some people are going to drop in five bucks, some people are going to drop in 10 bucks, some people are going to pay nothing, and then six weeks later, they drop in a 50 to say thank you, right? Or you just get a really nice card for the holidays. And all of that's okay, because now what you're doing and your goal with this is not necessarily to make money, but to get exposure to getting new clients. So that way, you can start building your business in a small town to make money. And again, all of these things still work in other places. But looking at specifically small towns, can you provide a pay what you can for the outdoor classes? Still works here in New York City, too. So don't think that you can't do that. I just know there's a lot of outdoors outside of New York City that you might be able to provide that. And then I would say also find groups. There are communities within every community. So there's sub-communities. There's the Elk Lodge and the Masons and the Shriners and church groups and the Parks Department and the employees of the John Deere or the Lowe's or the Feeding Lot or whatever it is. The, that's available to you where you can just say, hey, I'd like to come to your place of work and then once a week, maybe teach uh, a class, uh, an exercise class for the employees. Now, listen, if they don't bite, they don't bite. And they say, hey, I appreciate it. And they go and they talk to their employees after you leave. And they go, man, the craziest thing. This guy came over, this gal came over and they started talking about it, and they want to do classes. And I told them, no, are you crazy? We can't do that. They're going to be all sweaty when they come back to work. And we can't do that and make any sense. Maybe it doesn't. But what that person just did is went back to all the employees and talked about you. So maybe they go, oh, did you get their number? How can it? Maybe I want to do classes. Maybe it's not going to be here. Maybe afterwards I go after work, before work. So reach out. Reach out. I need, you just need people talking about you. You need people to talk about. You need to promote. You need to advertise. You need to market. You need to be present. Go into places of employment. Let's say they say, no, no, the workout's not going to work. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. People don't want to be sweaty. Plus, they got to they gotta eat. You say, okay, cool. Can we do a lunch and learn? What's a lunch and learn? Well, a lunch is when everybody takes lunch. Then they all come to this area. And then I talk to them about the benefits of movement, the benefits of exercise, how that helps with sedentary behaviors, how it helps with health and wellness, how I like to do Olympic weightlifting, how I like to do kettlebell training, how we like to do, you know, you just go on and on about what you know, but you offer that to people that, let's be honest, for the most part, know that they should do that, that they need physical activity in their lives. And your price point may be different than other people's price points. What you charge in a small town might look a lot different. What you pay in a small town to live is going to be a lot different. So certainly that makes sense. So you got to find out 
with your own market research. And if there's not a market there, then it is through your own research what I can charge people. And so what I suggest is giving a price out and they go, oh, that's too much money. Then ask them what they can do. And if they say, well, I can only do $15 an hour. And you go, well, that's not what I was hoping for, but I'd be willing to do that if you can get another friend and you get two friends that can do $15 an hour. If you can get four friends to do $15 an hour, I'll give you a discount. And now you're building your small group training. Promotions, you got to promote where things are. Is there a strip mall? Is there a gas station? Is there an auto body shop that you can set up in a parking lot or within the walls where it might be air conditioned or is safe from the elements where you can go in and do promotions? You know, I'm a trainer. I do this. Inquire, call me, text me. Here's an email if you are interested. Uh, you can do it when you're gym. I mean, create a gym in your garage. And I think this is something that most people would love to do is, is the garage gym and you set it up and you say, all right, well, after I clean out my garage and I put a gym in there and I can make this make sense and I can work out in my own gym, even if nobody else shows up. So you get benefit out of it. Who cares? If nobody shows up. Well, you probably do because you're doing it for the purpose of people showing up, but you still get something out of it. But now it's set up where people can come to your place and you can start building community out of your garage. And then it's not a super expensive setup. I mean, it's going to cost money, but it always costs money to make money. Can you put forth the effort and the time and the money and build out something in your place that other people can come to? Now we've already talked about, all right, that's not an option for you. We talked about outdoor training. We talked about uh, a pay what you can, the small group classes, maybe you can rent some space from somebody uh, in order to be able to do some fitness out of it. But you may have to also consider that if you want to really be a trainer and be successful, training might have to be part-time work for you. You might have to find another job and being a personal trainer is some extra money from the people that that will train and will work with you. And the other thing is you might have to go to a market where you can be more successful. I think about this right, with uh, the young rural families and they have children, but the children eventually going to have to go off to, to, to college uh, and they may do so less for education than to actually get exposure to other people so that they can find somebody to get married to at some point, right? <laughs> like they, you can't. If you don't have the community there and it's a small town, you've you've got to move to find your what's next. And your what's next in fitness may be outside of the small town. It may still be in the small town. There may still be, just like there might be a significant other for you in a small town. But there might not be. There might be uh, a place for you where you can build the business and you're that trainer. And there might be another trainer that really wants to break in, but they can't because you got all the business. Good for you. You lucky duck. What about the other person? You got to move. <laughs> you got to move on. Sometimes you have to move on. Uh, and what I don't want is I don't want you to necessarily change your dreams, right? You want to become a personal trainer. Uh, if you're in a small town, what are some of the things that you can do in order to be successful in the area that you are in? 
And it might be part-time work. It might start as part-time work and then build. And you might say, I've, I've done this and I've done this here for a while and I really like it, but I need a bigger market. And you might have to go to it. And uh, that might be a problem. It might not be a problem, but I get, I get messages all the time from people. Hey, I, I live at so-and-so I live in this place and, um, and I just, I can't get a lot of personal training based on where I live. I'm thinking about moving to New York or I live in Egypt or, uh, Saudi Arabia or, uh, and I get all of these wonderful comments from people that live outside of the United States saying, I am interested in moving to the States to become a personal trainer. And they want guidance on that. Now, it's hard for me to give guidance on that because um, I can't fill you in on that information. There are markets. You've got to find those markets. It's basically any of the major cities that are there. But you got to find the markets and you have to have a place to live and you got to have a visa and you got to have all of those things. And, and I would love for you to come here and be a personal trainer. It's a great place to be a personal trainer, but it's not, not everybody that even lives here is successful at it. So people that live in the big cities, you want to move to the big city to become a personal trainer. Attrition rate's still high. Unless you really want to be a personal trainer, you got to know what everything is involved. It's like owning your own business. You need to know what's involved. You need to know the hours that you're working. It's going to be exhausting. And, uh, you know, there are minimums that you have to hit. You got to make phone calls. You got to do complimentary sessions and, 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 and. So it's not always the easiest, but I will say it is very rewarding. Once you have built your business and you can ride that wave for a while. Can you do it in a small town? I think you can. It just depends on the small town. Just like you can do it in a big city. It just depends on you and it depends on the city. So um, with that being said, I wish you luck. And I'm from a small town. And I know and I can't imagine doing what I'm doing, staying where I stayed. But that's because I only know success at this job in a big town. So it's still possible for you because I know a lot of people that still live down in Florence, Alabama that are personal trainers and work at gyms and work at the colleges and work at the footballs. And, you know, they they volunteer for uh, the little league teams and all of that stuff. And then they start working on training the parents, too. You got to find your in. You have to find your in and be creative. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. And if you don't mind, go on and uh, leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you listen to. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, ask me questions, give me a podcast, topics and ideas, you could do so. Hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickrichie or threads. And you can also email me, rick.richie at nasm.org. Y'all keep inspiring people to fitness. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.